Welcome to an episode of No Politics, Just Music. The aim of this show is to talk about albums, bands, and music more generally. I hope you enjoy expletives and foul language. Alright, uh, good morning. Today we have my friend Johan, um, who I'll get to introduce himself soon. And the albums we're going to talk about are Songs of Experience by U2 and City Club by The Growlers. So, um, Johan, do you just want to introduce yourself quick? Okay, so my name is Johan. I'm a Swedish guy. Me and James know each other from our trip to Cambodia. I think it was 2013. And then we didn't really talk for a few years. And then we met again in Stockholm in 2019. I'm a, I'm a business student. I graduated last year, so I studied in Scotland, which is the same country which James finds himself in now. So yeah, I would say that's a short introduction of me. All right, cool. So as I understand it, you started listening to this U2 album uh, while you were in Scotland, actually, because it would have come out at that time. So, yeah, that's correct. I actually started listening to it, I think it was beginning of 2018. Yep, and because the first time, the first time I heard it was actually the first time we hung out in Stockholm when we had that night out. It wasn't even a night out, was it? We went back to where I was staying with that crazy lady. Yep. And <laughs> um, you're going to correct my pronunciation here, but Hua Holman? I would say... Claire Holman is a very good translation, yeah. Which was a fun night. I did find some wine stains on the carpet that I had to try and cover up. I'm not sure if I mentioned that. <laughs> because, um, Maybe that's why she went, went all bananas afterwards. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so, um, as people who continue to listen to this podcast will realise, people have sent in a very diverse range of albums. So I was just trying to understand, uh, Johan, why you sent me this album, why you too. Okay, so this album represents a very special time in my life, I would say. Uh, so I was doing my third year in Scotland. Life was going really well. I surfed a lot. I was sharing a flat with my ex. I, I, I just found a bunch of new friends. And yeah, life studies, went, studies were well. So I think, yeah, I mean, life was just very, very good back then. So, and then this album came along and it, it just hit me at such a perfect spot. It really resonated with me. So I think all throughout like my last two years of uni, that album was sort of a, a pillar for me and it was it definitely represented a very happy time and period of my life. So I wanted to I wanted to share that album with you for this podcast. The second time you shared this album with me. Oh yeah, no, definitely, <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> so I, I don't really remember listening to it the first time because it was late at night when we put it on, but um, I've listened to it a couple times in the last couple of weeks since um, I mentioned that I was doing this podcast to you and I've really enjoyed it. I don't know it very well, like I couldn't tell you which songs I like um, or the names of the songs. I just enjoy listening to it and I think if I had a standout song it would be the one with Kendrick Lamar, but I'm not sure. Do you have a favourite song on there? So if I have a favourite song, I think that's the thing with this album. I would say that 90% of the songs are my favourites because I think they're, they're quite diverse as well. So I don't think there's really one song that stands out. I think if you if people out there give it a listen, they will they will see what I'm meaning with that. It's quite diverse, and there's a lot of good songs in there. Do, do you think because U2 is a band that's been around for years and years and years, right? Yeah. And like, if you listen to some of their previous work just before this album, it, it seems a little less directionless. Um, and like this album, even though it's diverse, all the songs sound very different. There sort of seems to be some sort of coherency behind it. For me, like there was this feeling behind the album where someone's, the band was like trying to find their place again in the world and they'd sort of done it. Mm. Is that something you got from the album as well? 
I would say, yeah, definitely. I think to me as well, like this album, I think you two try to make it make a modern sort of the modern album that resonate with the modern times. But I also think they wanted to bring out, you know, U2 is quite political, yeah. obviously. And you can, you, can, you, can also listen, you can also hear that in a few of the songs. But I think this album as well is about love. Because it's, I mean, it's, it's a lot about love, right? A lot of songs, I mean, have, I mean, a, a story of love within them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even the album cover, right? Yeah, exactly. So I think, and I've, I've heard somewhere that, for example, the song Landlady is a song about Bono's wife and sort of how they met. He was pretty much more or less confessing his love to her. And I know it's, I mean, to me, that's not cheesy at all. I mean, I'm loving it. I mean, I'm a, I'm a lovable guy. So <laughs> I think, <laughs> so, so I think, yeah, it, re- it really resonated with me. And especially like, because I, I had so much love in my life during that period of time when that album first came along. Because one thing that did strike me a little bit through the album is sometimes the lyrics sounded a little bit cheesy or cliche. Yep. And I'm not sure if that's a... It definitely sounds like a criticism when I say it like that, so I'm not sure if that's what I'm trying to say because I didn't have a problem with the lyrics. It sounded a little bit forced or maybe they were struggling to express things in a kind of original way in the lyrics. And so for me, like the music and the sound is where most of the emotion comes from and the lyrics for me personally don't do so much i actually think that's a very interesting observation to be fair and i think you're you're absolutely right i mean i mean just look at this uh, title of a song like love is bigger than anything in its way it's quite repetitive like the lyrics but the music is amazing and uh, i think i mean i think that's sort of a maybe a common occurrence throughout the album that yeah in a lot of the songs it's not the lyrics per se but it's the music and i think what you to try to do as well if we're going back to the previous question with this album, is that they wanted to create an album for stadiums as well. There's a few songs that's definitely a sort of like a sing-along sort of feel to it. Sure. So I think that was that was something they tried to catch with this album as well because they did they did do a tour. I think it was a year after this album was released, which was focusing on this album and the previous one as well. Because um, it's interesting you say that they were writing it for a stadium because it, in my mind, U2 has always been a stadium band. Of course, they're one of the biggest bands in the world, so it's easy for them to sell out stadiums. And it seems like a lot of their music really gets the crowd involved. It's built for that kind of stuff. Like a lot of the music you listen to, and perhaps when we talk about City Club after this, uh, I'm not sure if it's made with the same, like, let's get the fans involved as this U2 album is, or U2 albums in general are. And I f- like the Foo Fighters are another band that reminds me of this. It's like, how can we get people to feel what we're feeling? How can we get when they write the songs, they envision them, what they will sound like in a massive stadium in front of thousands and thousands of people. And they have charismatic lead singers like Bono or Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters um, who do this job very well. I, I, get, the, I get what you're talking about uh, when you say it's written for stadiums. And I want expa- to expand on that as well. So I listened to Coldplay the other day right. and in Spotify they have a album which is recorded in Buenos Aires. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that Chris Martin and Coldplay is also sort of a, a, a band that's trying to catch that, some, what you said, to catch that. They want, the, they want the audience to catch what they're feeling and they're producing music so they can involve the audience. And I think maybe that's why bands like Coldplay, Foo Fighters and UTR so big, because they have that focus, whereas maybe the Growlers that we're going to talk about later have sort of a different feel and focus to it. Yeah, I think a lot of bands get sort of stuck in this place where they're creating music for themselves which i mean it's music you can do what you want 
but you end up sort of playing music with your back to the crowd and that I mean you just not you're not getting the fans involved and for me at least the few the few gigs I've played in my teenage years and going to concerts you know I, I love music that makes me feel involved rather than something that I'm viewing I highly agree and I think going back to the Coldplay album I was thinking that same thought to myself like if I was if I was a band I would love to have the the crowd singing along to my to my song I mean just imagine the feeling to experience that and it that doesn't have to be like a stadium with 50,000 screaming Argentinians it could be a crowd of 50 but just to get them involved I think that's that interplay seems so amazing right yeah and I think it takes a very charismatic frontman to do that I can think of another there's an Australian artist Chet Faker I think he's changed his name to Nick Murphy now and in interviews he was saying that he was always super nervous going up on stage and so he just have his sunglasses on his hair over his face and because he played um, behind us I don't even know what you call it and my New Zealand accent isn't going to help me out here played behind decks so he just sort of hid behind that his concerts were never very good because <laughs> there was no energy from him and he was just like I'm up here I'm doing my music and then I'm off yeah I mean if I'm going to view music that's not what I want to see no I agree I mean going back to Dave Grohl I mean Foo Fighters had a had a concert in, in Gothenburg in Sweden a few years back and Dave Grohl like he broke his leg on, on stage was that in? I didn't realize that was in Sweden. Yeah. Yeah, was, yeah but and you know that crazy bastard came back and <laughs> finished the concert. If you hear him talk about it, he's just like, oh, I had a job to do. <laughs> <laughs> what a guy, huh? Yeah, but I think Bono, he definitely has a personality about him. I haven't watched much U2 live footage or anything like that, but if you're a successful stadium band, you have to have a good presence about you. Oh yeah, and then. The Edge is also an excellent guitarist. I mean, those two are, are essentially the band, right? Yeah, I, I couldn't name anyone else from the band, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> as far as I know, it's just those two. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that much of a fanboy, so let's stick with the Edge and Bono. <laughs> One problem I had is I never listened to U2 much, um, whatever. And I remember when I started working in New Zealand after university, my boss at the time, we talked about music quite a lot. But his favorite band was the smiths and he with a passion hated you too and he's like no nah, i don't like you too i don't want to listen to them and so for some reason that just got instilled in me a little bit and i was like oh i'm just not going to listen to the you too because this guy has said that they're not any good so and i haven't listened to them so i'm not going to start now which is stupid in hindsight but it sort of shows you the influence that people's ideas about music can have and rub off on you yeah no i had a, I had a buddy I mean, I have a buddy. He's like he's deeply into you know Deep Purple, Led Zeppelin, really music from the sixties, seventies, and he just hates you too, and he hates Bono like so much, like to his core. And I think I think a lot of people have an issue with you to due to the fact that they are they are very political. They are they have Bono as a charismatic front figure, and Bono tried to take up take this role as an ambassador for the world, always having a message. So I think it's sort of feel like a hate and love band in a way. Yeah, and I, th I think there's sort of this perception that they sold out and that's why they play big stadiums. But going back to my point before, like there's nothing wrong with that if your point, you know, like, because otherwise you do end up playing music with your back to the crowd. I mean, if that's not what you want to do, then you shouldn't do that. And particularly, yeah, no, I agree. And particularly in U2's case, I mean, the excellent at making massive stadium rock song. I mean, everyone's heard a U2 song and everyone can imagine mm. themselves singing along to this. Uh, no, I agree. So I think they're a successful band. I will admit this is 
I, I've enjoyed this album a lot. I don't think it's going to be one that makes it into my like heavy rotation, but it was definitely a new ex- new experience, songs of experience, to uh, start listening to you two and also hearing you talk about it while while we were both living in Stockholm. Yeah, but that's the thing with that's the thing with music, right? You don't have to love an entire album or like one artist. You can love just a bits and pieces here and there of, of a song, of an album, of an artist, and just yeah, I love the subjectivity of music. Yeah, I think that's that's what's so amazing with it, right? So I'm glad you enjoyed the album. Yeah, definitely. All right, cool. Um, Shall we move on to City Club unless there's something else about songs of experience you want to bring up? Mm, I think I'm happy to move into the next topic, yeah. All right, cool. So I'll just quickly explain why I sent this album to you. So I first heard this album, I first heard a song from this album of all places in India when I was was on a bus going somewhere, I think out of Delhi. Data is so cheap there. I, I just streamed heaps of music while I was on the buses. So I came across this album because you're on a long haul bus, eight hours, you just get bored. And the first song I heard was Vacant Lot. And it was this weird, it's just a weird song and a weird sound. And it sounds quite dystopian to me. And I just remember driving out of Delhi. And as you know, there's just like people living on the street. It's dirty, it's smelly, it's hot. Um, and it just sort of, I don't know, burnt itself into, into my brain, that sort of image and dystopian look at the world or view of the world. But then, I really started listening to the album while I was in Stockholm, so that's one of the reasons why I sent it to you. Because before we would meet up, this would be one of the albums I would listen to as I was on the tube going to see you. <laughs> so that's one of the reasons. Yeah, for me, I, I really enjoyed this album. It took me a long time to get into particularly the second half of it. The first half, for me, comes on quite strong. And the second half was a trudge the first couple of times listening to it, and now I really like it. There's a few themes in the album that I think are interesting to talk about because for me it felt like the album explores the idea of growing up. So I would like to know what you think of the album. I would say it's very funny that you brought up dystopia. I mean, it seems like it was the contrast with India, right? This sort of had that, it made you feel it was sort of a dystopian song in a way, right? Yeah. Uh, to me, I mean, the first, I mean, I think the first song had me immediately, like City Club. So when I started listening to City Club, and I started, and I went on, and I'll be around, vacant lot, night ride, open a rope, and so on and so forth. To me, it just re- it just felt very surfing. I mean, it felt like a surfing album <laughs> from the from the get go. I was picturing myself both on a wave and on the parking lot, like lo- I mean, offloading my boards, watching the ocean, getting ready to enjoy the California sun, and just go out there and yeah, enjoy enjoy the water. So it really resonated with me from the get-go. Because one thing we haven't mentioned is that while you were in Aberdeen, you did a lot of surfing, right? Yeah. Which is not a place people view as a surfing destination, but apparently it is. I can highly recommend it. There's not many guys in the water. It's a bit cold, guys, but there's some fun waves to be had, yeah. We'll see if we can get some sponsorship from um, Aberdeen Tourism after this. Um. Oh, that, that would be sick. <laughs> no, but yeah, like just the tunes, like, like the guitars, it, it's so, to me, I would say it's a happy album for me. So the the genre of this album and the Growlers as a whole is beach goth. Mm, there we go. So and it was recorded in um, California as well. Uh, and the guy Niels Brook Nielsen Brook I forget his name. The lead singer is a massive surfhead and spent <laughs> a lot of his time surfing and stuff like that. So I find it amazing that he picked up on that so quickly and easily. Um, <laughs> maybe there's some surfer thing going on here that I uh, a part of. Maybe it's like a collective consciousness, you know, among <laughs> surfers. Yeah. But uh, in terms of, like I said, for me, the album, like the first half, particularly the first four songs, like a really strong 
and even though I said vacant lot feels quite dystopian but maybe that's more just because of where I've heard it but then for me like the album just dives and some of those songs just I'm really really scared. yeah I must agree actually so I think to me my favorite song of the album so far is the Daisy Chain I just think it's a very for me it's just a very happy tune and it makes me really want to you know enjoy well enjoy enjoy life and just get, get out there and just yeah have fun but then like you said just starting to fail a little bit it's not bad at all but I still haven't really I still haven't really figured out the last four or five songs of the album because like you said the first the first half comes out comes out really strong and then it slows down but I mean yeah what, what, what do you think that is do you think that there was a purpose behind it I'm not sure for me it could just be one of those decisions you know like from the band or the, um, of like song ordering so where do we put the songs oh, we like all these songs they sound similar so we'll put them at the start the rest of these the other songs sort of sound similar so we'll put them together at the end could have been something like that it's really hard to know or get an idea because I mean there will be some thought process behind it so I don't know what they're trying to achieve for me I found it really hard to understand what they're trying to achieve by having this um, sort of fast straight into the album and then a slowdown but I, I'm not sure what the alternative <laughs> like maybe it's like maybe it's like a surf session you know you I mean you go out strong you're trying to catch you I mean you're strong you can paddle catch few waves and then you know slowly but surely you're starting to fade and fade and fade and then you go up and have a have a post surf burrito yeah i've only surfed once in my life and that was i was 15 or something like that yeah next time i come to scotland i'll take you up to aberdeen but one thing that struck me yeah definitely <laughs> one thing that struck me with this album as well i think on the song when you were made correct me if i'm wrong i got i sort of i sort of heard a little bit like hotel california from the eagles in that song okay so to me, this album is quite modern, but I also get sort of a 60s, 70s feel to it on occasions as well. Yeah, I, I can see what you mean. But why, it's quite vibey, you know? Yeah. This was a song I actually wanted to talk about. Because for me, I hear a lot of... For me, it resonates because it sounds like this, is a, this song particularly is a song about someone just getting older and sort of understanding the world a bit more, which is something you and I have talked a lot about. But because the lyrics in the song seem to be about someone's parents going through a divorce and this guy telling them that you'll understand it when you're a bit older. But you sort of have these, I think they're quite sad lyrics, you know, like the fire, the fire in his belly faded, um, her supple breast drooped or something along those lines. And it just seems to be this, someone else telling a story, two people falling out of love and sort of losing that passion that they had when they were younger which i think they do a great job of telling it but that's why for me this album a lot of it is just about growing up but i don't know if you saw the same thing in it i did not actually but i, th I thought that was a very beautiful explanation of that song and the album in particular and that's the thing with you james you you have a very critical mind you're really <laughs> nice you dissect things nicely i would say i used to sometimes I used to see myself as a dog you know, a dog that sneaks on everything, and then sometimes, you know, you go into a beehive and you get stung, and they'll be like, okay, this, I can't do this. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> you're a bit more, like, you know, cunning, and I would say you don't rush into things. Yeah, I because to me, like, <laughs> Because to me, when I used to listen to this album, I was I was just, and like, enchanted by the, I mean, the, the music. Not really the, I didn't really listen to the lyrics. So I think we had the, the same thing with, songs for experience for me like the more you listen to the album the more chance you have to listen to the lyrics um, yeah and i mean that's a great thing about listening to albums over and over again is they change and they morph and they become new things as well because admittedly it did take me a long time to start listening to the lyrics on this album as well but because another another song on the album i think it's night ride 
is a to me seems to be about someone who's again growing up in our age range you know everyone around them is sort of starting to slow down a little bit but everyone else is still doing baggies in the back room i think it's the lyrics or baggies mm. in the bathroom which is clearly about drugs <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, and so you know like all, all those things that you do when you're young you know you, you go out have a few drinks uh, party that kind of stuff and at some point you start slowing down but all those things are still going on and some of your friends will still be doing it and i for me that song particularly is about that nostalgia of like oh i can't or i can't do that or i'm not doing that for some whatever reason but i miss doing that and for me that's been one of the tough parts of growing up it's just like you know particularly with moving around a lot i know that friends in different places are having a lot of fun it's like oh, i wish i could be part of that so that song for me is very, really emotive hmm. no i can see that i can see that i mean to be fair you've been i mean the last how many years that's eight years you've been moving moving around like throughout the world haven't you i mean you've been traveling and obviously you leave so many people at so many different places right and you just keep going but a lot of people just remain yeah for sure uh, maybe people listening will uh realize that we've had an american a dutch person and a swedish person on this podcast so far <laughs> <laughs> which is i mean it's been great to get different perspectives and that's what i love about uh, this but particularly i guess with the lockdown it makes me more nostalgic as well for, for listeners we're recording during the lockdown here in the uk though i think things are a little bit different for Johan in sweden but you no, know no lockdown whatsoever yeah the bars are still open eh yeah i mean they've been open ever since i mean they've been open since yeah they, they never closed actually <laughs> yeah i mean we're coming up it'll be it'll be almost four months when the bars open on the 15th of july here Imagine a Scottish people without a pint <laughs> on the 15th. You said it was the 15th, the bars reopen, right? Yep. I wish, I mean, I, I wish I was in Scotland on the 15th. I think that would be like a just epic, epic day, evening, night. Oh, it's going to be carnage. <laughs> it will be indeed. <laughs> I'm glad I don't work behind the bar, eh? <laughs> They'd probably be drunk as well, you know? Yeah, it's a good point. Um... But, I mean, I want to go back to that sort of, you say, telling, talking about like, it resonates with you because it sort of feel like it's an album about growing up but maybe maybe that album reminds you remind you as well that you are growing up but you don't have to grow up in a way that you don't want to in a way right because you can still sort of do all those things that your pals are still doing but you're still going to a different place which is growing up so there's not you don't have that doesn't have to be black and white i agree 100 percent with what you're saying like i've never felt forced to do anything i don't want to do and all all my decisions i'm pretty happy with living at stockholm was amazing hanging out with you having a great time studying in the netherlands all that kind of stuff and i've never felt trapped or cornered into any of the decisions i've made so it felt easy to get out and i guess maybe it's a little bit different now because i haven't been able to leave my house for for so long and go out and do stuff it does feel like i'm being forced to grow up because i can't do those young those things that young dumb people do <laughs> but that's the thing with the that's the thing with this pandemic i mean it forces people to think right and reflect and i think a lot of people have a choice to either sort of try not to think about the pandemic and just maybe get lost in netflix i mean hey and i'm not slagging on netflix or watching tv shows but i think it's been such an opportunity to grow and to learn and reflect and i think a lot of people will come out stronger from from this i'm sure i'm 100 positive you will as well just i mean just 
talking about uh, growing up with you now. I mean, I can clearly see that you've been doing some reflecting. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm lucky to have people like you in my life as well, because uh, we can talk about these. It's easy. And I, I get a lot of inspiration from hearing about the things you're doing in your life as well. And I, I agree. I mean, this pandemic, I think, is, I don't think there's anyone or very many people who have enjoyed being locked inside. And so I really hope that most people have sort of realized what's going on and taking the opportunity to, you know, read a few more books, um, start hobbies that they've always wanted to start. Um, for example, sales of musical instruments in the UK has gone through the roof. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, so maybe people are picking up plant instruments that they've always wanted to play. Those are encouraging signs, right? Oh, very much so. I would say that's very positive. And, yeah, like you say, it's a great opportunity to stop and reflect on what's led you to where you are at this point in your life and hopefully make the changes that you want to make to get to where you want to go as well. And also, and, and also give some some experience and City Club a go as well. Exactly. So as we're wrapping up here, are there, is there an album that you would like to recommend to listeners that uh, you also enjoy? Yeah, actually. So I would like to recommend the album Tak. So T-A-K-K -K by the Icelandic band Sigurós. Okay. I think a lot of people out there, when they, it's a good starting album for Sigurós. It's, it's a good starting point to get into Sigurós. And I think... A lot of people you out, a lot of people out there will realize that it's an amazing band. It's just, it's just an incredible band. Do you want to tell me a little uh, bit about this band? Because you have mentioned them before, and I've, I've kind of forgot. So it's a band from Iceland called mm -hmm. Sigurós. They sort of sing in both Icelandic and a made-up language, <laughs> and they have a front figure called Jonsi, John, or I would say Jonsi. He's 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 an angel. He has an angel voice. He's an incredible producer incredible songwriter, incredible musician, and I would say it's probably the most diverse band I ever listened to. Okay. They do songs with, I mean, symphonic orchestras. They do songs that are like industrial rock. They do song which is electronic. They do songs which is just made out of heaven. I mean, yeah, I'm hyping it, but it's, <laughs> it's really good. And it's, it's very much, I would say, it's, it captures the Nordic and Icelandic soul quite a bit, yep. I would say. Especially how it used to be, like the, in the old ways, like the en enchanted, magical, sort of cold and beautiful touch that is the Nordics. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people have, there's a lot of almost mysticism about the Nordic countries, right? Well, yeah, and especially Iceland. Especially because no one, very few people go there. It's so remote. I don't think many people have a very good view of what happens there. <laughs> I mean, it's, the, it's called the land of the giants, right? Yeah, well, and if you see people like Hathor Bjorgensen, you'll know why. Yeah, I mean, they probably have the strong. I mean, per capita, they probably have the strongest people in the world. So I too uh, would like to recommend an album. I think I'm going to go with Salmonella Dub's Killer Vision, which is not really what we've been talking about, but it's one of my favourite albums that I've discovered from New Zealand. So it's similar to Fat Freddy's Drop. They came out before Fat Freddy's Drop. More island vibes again. That South Pacific sound. Because this whole project that um, of, of listening to all these albums, it's been a, there's been a lot of discovery of music, and so I, w I would like to promote a bit of New Zealand music and get it out there. Um, so that's the album I'm recommending for people to listen to. And unless there's anything else you want to say, Johan, I think we'll we'll call it there. Uh, I would say I think you should. I think you guys should give Fat Fellows Drop a, a listen as well. It's a really good band. We, we've done a podcast on that one already. So uh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely trying to uh, get people into more New Zealand music. Good on you. All right, man. Well, it was, it was great talking to you as always. It's been a pleasure.
All right, cool. All right, have a good one, man. You too. Bye.